1: W-W-T-C, Minneapolis-St. Paul, FM 107.5, K-298-CO, Minneapolis, fueled by Lucky's Station.
0: With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstrom. A mixed court ruling for the Trump administration in the effort to lift an Obama coal moratorium. George Banzani has more.
1: The U.S. District Court ruling addresses the Trump decision to lift the Obama-imposed moratorium on federal land sales for coal mining. It says the Trump move failed to consider environmental effects, but the ruling stopped short of halting future sales. Judge Brian Morris in Montana has ordered federal attorneys to negotiate with states and environmental groups who had sued. More than 40% of U.S. coal is mined from federal lands, primarily in the West. President Trump had lifted the moratorium in his first months to revitalize the U.S. coal industry. George Bonzani reporting.
0: A highly anticipated presidential announcement is expected next week. Former Vice President Joe Biden, at the age of 76, is expected to toss his hat into the Democratic presidential primary ring. This is SRN News.
1: Mike Gallagher isn't afraid to ask the tough questions.
2: The cause of the Notre Dame Cathedral fire remains unknown. And days later, we still don't know. Am I peddling a conspiracy theory to ask, how did it happen? For having the audacity to say, well, what started it?
1: And how
3: could they not get it under control?
1: The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 8 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio.
4: AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Just past 2 o'clock, which means there's another hour of the best weekend radio program in the Twin Cities. It's the headliner Mitch Berg, coming up next. But first, here's an updated look at your weather sunny and a high of 74. Today, mostly clear. Chances showers A low of 51 tonight. Easter Sunday, there's a high of 67, but a chance of showers and a slight chance of thunderstorms. More Mitch Berg coming
2: up.
1: This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be
2: back in Minnesota
1: today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, Here's your headline act, Mitch Bird.
4: Welcome back to Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing. The blinding spot of red in the sea of dismal, dingy, moldy institutional blue. The Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM twelve A. The Patriot. My name, Mitch Berg. My blog, Shot In The Dark. Info, found on the web at well, Shot In The Dark. Info. Uh, going on seventeen hey, into my eighteenth year now of uh, dominating the Twin Cities' highly prized politics, music, history, current events, pop culture, and whatever Mitch uh, wants to talk about. Niche. Uh, and of course, this broadcast, which is going on 16 years, of dominating Twin Cities weekend radio. Uh So, we'll carry up. By the way, Brad Carlson's coming up one o'clock tomorrow. King Banyan, nine to eleven every Saturday morning on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. Anyway, it's Easter tomorrow's Easter, the most blessed time of the of the Christian calendar. A time of, of deep family traditions, tradition, not just family, but social traditions as well. A uh, time of traditions like, like, you know, some of the traditions that you go back are, are going to church Easter morning, get, getting the girls some, some brand new Easter dresses and taking a big picture of all of them, getting the ham, uh, defrosted. Do you defrost hams? I don't know. <laughs> I don't cook a lot of ham. Uh, that's my kids taking over the, the entertaining job and, and boy, everyone's happier for it. And the other great tradition is more news, uh, of Minnesota Voters Alliance, making the sitting Secretary of State uh, look like a, a Chicago grifter uh, with a political office. And with us to talk about that, uh, to start things off here from the Minnesota Voters Alliance, Dan McGrath joins us. Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, Mitch. Happy Easter. Thanks for having me on. Excellent. We'll, uh, we'll be, uh, so, so, so let's talk about the case. Yeah. Happy Easter to you too. And let's talk uh, about the case. The news just came in. Andy Seelick was on the phone promptly, uh, when the news came in, as he is want to do. Uh, he's, 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 he's not. You know shrinking violet about getting the news out about these sorts of things. everybody likes to tout a victory and, and a victory it was tell us first of all let's tell us. tell us what happened in court, which court, what was this t- decision, and then we 'll step back through the history of the case.
5: Okay, well, the lawsuit was originally filed in Ramsey County District Court. Judge Jennifer Frisch uh, ruled in our favor, in favor of transparency, in favor of the voters of Minnesota. Okay. And in favor of the Data Practices Act. It's a law in Minnesota that government data is public. Okay. Uh, Frisch upheld that law and ordered the Secretary of State to hand over data that we've been after for years uh, that would demonstrate uh, whether or not we have a significant problem with ineligible voting in Minnesota. Uh, Simon appealed that ruling, didn't want to hand over the data. Right. says, I have it. I can give it to you, but I don't want to. So I'm going to keep spending tax <laughs> dollars, uh, dragging my feet, trying to prevent this data from getting out into the public. And so it went to the Minnesota Court of Appeals. Right. And that uh, panel of judges unanimously decided that Jennifer Frisch got it right. And yes, indeed, uh, Secretary Simon was obligated to hand that data over to the Minnesota Voters lands. Okay. Simon said, I don't want to. So he's going to uh, continue to drag this case on, and it looks likely now that we're heading to the Minnesota Supreme Court. So before
4: we go into the history of the case, uh, what is it that the case is about? What, uh, what is the subject of this data practice's uh, request?
5: Well, let me give you uh, just a little bit of quick background on how this all really came about. Uh, in 2008, before the 2008 election, which you have to think back a ways now, that's when Al Franken was elected to office and gave us the 60th vote in the Senate to pass Obamacare. Uh, In that election, which was after a contentious recount decided by 312 votes, we used this exact same information, which was freely provided to us back then, to demonstrate, without a doubt, that more than triple the margin of victory in that Coleman-Franken election could be accounted for by ineligible voting. We found over a 1,000 proven cases of ineligible voting in an election that was decided by 312 votes and ultimately gave us Obamacare. Right. So after that revelation gave the Secretary of State's Office a bit of a, a bit of a black eye, they decided, ooh, we don't want this information getting out into the public anymore. Once they had seen what we were using it for, right? they decided that it's not public anymore. But the law provides that it is public. Now, we are joined by Attorney Eric Cardall. A uh, pleasure to meet
4: you, Eric. I don't believe I've uh, had the pleasure so far. So uh, welcome to the studio here today. I'm glad you can make it out. Thanks, Mitch. Great to hear. And uh, congratulations on yet another big win over the Secretary of State's office. Uh, Dan was just explaining what... Uh, the voters' alliance is looking for, uh, and and sort of the history of the of the case uh, to date here. Why is the secretary of state hanging on to this data uh, for what over a decade now? Why what's what, what's his rationale? Stated rationale at least for for hanging on to this
6: data and defying repeated court uh, rulings. I think that in in the end, um, what we're seeing is a public official exercise civil disobedience, and so uh, he sincerely believes that the the data is private. Uh, that it's protected and that he shouldn't give it out. And after all, he's an elected official.
4: Right. And so so under what theory does he – I mean, public voting records, records of of people – Registered vote. I mean, as I recall, those have always been public records. Under what theory is is the Secretary of State? I think we're talking two different Secretaries of State now, right?
5: This this stretches back to the Ritchie administration. That's right. So so
6: what what's what's their line? What's the theory under which they're making this claim? uh, uh, As I said, they're they're emotional and uh, political appeals, and right. um, So he's exercising civil disobedience now. Traditionally, of course, civil disobedience is reserved to the rank and file. Us, we don't want to pay our taxes because the government's doing something wrong. You have that option, right. but this this is brand new with progressives, uh, public officials exercising civil disobedience, and we're seeing it all over Minnesota. I really think it's foreign; it's not something that's part of our tradition. But you see it coming from the, uh, the east coast and the left coast, and, and now you have you know, uh, Mark Ritchie, Steve Simon, uh, Ellison. You know, all these people don't adhere to the rule of law like Minnesota has for you know, 160 years. Now this is the first I've heard it I mean personally referred to as civil
4: civil disobedience and for those of you who who didn't don't recall it from high school civics basically it's it's disobeying the law so as to show the injustice of the law. I mean Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi, the likes uh have all all u- utilized civil disobedience to to Show injustices. I mean, Rosa Parks civilly disobeyed when she sat in the back of the bus. Uh, these people genuinely think of themselves as as being in that league, or at least using right.
6: But the strange thing is that yes. you know, the public officials aren't supposed to practice civil disobedience. We I mean, can you imagine a law enforcement officer, <laughs> They're civil servant, a, you know, a law enforcement officer practicing civil disobedience. I mean, not, I'm not going to arrest anyone, <laughs> or I'm going to arrest the people I don't. I'm not supposed to arrest. And here, here you have the the leading. Election official, Secretary of State, saying, I'm not going to give you the information you want. I'm going to let ineligible people vote. The concern isn't really now at this point, at this late hour – that ineligible people are voting, it's that the Secretary of State doesn't care about ineligible people voting. I mean, isn't that that worrisome that uh, you have a Secretary of State that's civilly disobedient with respect to our election laws?
4: And and the laws that they are elected and impaneled to to enforce in the first place. I mean, that is supposed to be their job. I was going to say something silly like
5: it's a NASCAR driver becoming a transit advocate but it's worse than that. You raise a really good point there, Mitch. Oh, really? The Secretary of State is an elected official. His job depends on the results of elections. He's also a partisan. He's a Democrat. He benefits by seeing other Democrats elected to office. It's good for his party. He's in charge of the entire election system and he's saying, "I have total control of all the data and I'm not going to let you look at it. You just have to take my word for it that I won and all my buddies won." Yeah, so <laughs>
4: yeah. And so so okay, so we've we've had a couple of rulings. I think it was said uh, so, so far four different rulings by four different judges or sets of judges that have ruled that that the Secretary of State needs to suck it up and cough up the information. Is that correct so far? That, that's
6: right. The Ramsey County District Court decision, a three-judge panel on the Court of Appeals, and, and still uh, the Secretary of State isn't doing his duty. Uh, but remember, uh, we're winning because the courts are still with us. Right. God bless the Minnesota Court of Appeals. But we're also losing because the high one of the highest offices, the Constitutional Office, has stymied us from getting the data for over two years. Imagine how much that encourages county officials, city officials, uh, township officials, school district officials, watershed district officials, in not turning over documents. Well, oh, you can sue us, and we can do just like the Secretary of State and, and stiff army for two years, and we'll make lots of decisions and uh, yeah. get this done. Yeah, this is just, uh, isn't just about relitigating the 2008 uh, recount. This
4: no. is about the precedent this is setting for public officials, and their frankly contempt for the law
5: demographic. It is a horrific precedent. Uh, transparency in our election system is a key principle of democracy, and we do not have it in Minnesota. Now, it, it may seem like strong language, but I'm comparing this Secretary of State and the way that our elections are being carried out to banana republics.
6: Yeah, it is. It, it, the, the comparison is completely apt, Eric Cardall. I mean, what? right? Except, except that the courts are functioning right, and so so it's, it's, the Minnesota appellate courts are kind of a. Uh, And and, uh, 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 a non sequitur for our progressive culture that we have, progressive government, they actually are a throwback to our traditional form of government. And they're going to enforce the Minnesota Government Data Practices Act because they want that kind of government. But I'm not sure that Ellison, Simon, Walls, uh, Klobuchar, Tita Smith, they don't want that kind of scrutiny. And so we have to work with the courts to ensure the miso government data practices that followed, so we can have the scrutiny of the government we want. So, and and yes, and thankfully
4: we do have that, and, and we
6: are held back from banana
4: republicanism by that. So, I want to come back to that in just a moment here. Eric, we're talking, of course, with Eric Cardall, the attorney. Uh, for uh, the Minnesota Voters Alliance and Dan McGrath, who uh, I know you have a title. I didn't get it before the event. Communications hey. director. Communications director, and here you are communicating. Doing what my job. Absolutely, <laughs> everything falls into place here. But what, uh, let's let's talk a little bit. First of all, uh, what is it? I mean, what is it you're hoping to find? Uh, in in the release of of these records. I mean, do, do we know what's in there? And you just need Ideally, to prove it. Or, we would yes.
5: find nothing. Okay. Ideally, we would find that everything is running tip-top. That's what we'd like to see. Now, let me t- what we found in the past, as I described earlier, is there is evidence of ineligible voting in pretty large numbers taking place, significant numbers. When you say the- evidence of this, just to read we've talked about this on the show before, but for
4: those who don't remember back 10 years, what is the evidence that, that we have found?
5: In 2008, what was demonstrated beyond a doubt which led to a record number of convictions for voter fraud in Minnesota, was ineligible felons voting. Right. That was the primary issue that came to light in 2008. It was just the beginning of an ongoing investigation. So the evidence that we're looking for in the statewide voter registration system is voters who have been challenged after they cast a ballot, their eligibility became challenged. It was entered into the statewide voter registration system after the fact, after they voted, that their uh, eligibility was being challenged or they've been removed from the voter rolls because their address didn't check out. Or they were found to be ineligible. You know, they're non-citizens. They're convicted felons. Or they've been found by a court to be mentally incompetent to vote. Right. Those are the that's the sort of information that's being withheld. The Secretary of State has it. He knows whether or not ineligible people are voting, but he refuses to share that information with us. And that's what we're after. And the big
6: turning point was the March uh, twenty eighteen. Office of Legislative Audit Report, which basically picked up on the Minnesota Voters Alliance ideas investigated and, and found that there was widespread uh, ineligible voting. But they didn't have enough money to investigate the scope of it. And so they left it to the legislature and others to pursue it. No one else has pursued it. That's why the Minnesota Voters Alliance needs to get this data. And we'll talk a little bit more about the, the mission of the Voters Alliance and,
4: and how, what the path to this data actually looks like when we come back. 651 289 4488, eight, the number to call. If you've got questions for Eric Cardall or, uh, or Dan McGrath of the Minnesota Voters Alliance, or you can join us on uh, Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's N-A-R-N Show on Twitter. Operators are standing by. Gone nowhere. We'll be right back.
7: I'm Alexandra. I'm the styling director at Guilt Group. I've always believed that when a woman is in an outfit that she loves, she not only looks amazing, but she feels amazing too. What am I working for? To inspire confidence through style.
8: At ADP, we're designing a better way to work so you can achieve what you're working for. HR, talent, time, benefits, and payroll. Informed by data and designed for people. Learn more at design.adp.com.
2: Restricting free speech is restricting truth. The far left has crossed a line, silencing conservatives across America. Shadow banning on Twitter, Facebook, blocked ads on YouTube, restricted searches on Google, Prager University. Why isn't it? fully available everywhere. All of these are direct attacks on our First Amendment rights. It's time for conservative America to wake up. You have a choice. You can fight back with veteran-led PatriotMobile.com, America's only conservative cell phone company. Every phone call protects your constitutional rights. Every bill that you pay fights for your freedom. Get the same reliable nationwide coverage you already have and know that your hard-earned money is supporting conservative organizations like the Heritage Foundation, you, an alliance Defending freedom. With plans starting as low as $25 a month, why wait? Call 1 800 A Patriot. Use the word Hugh. Or visit patriotmobile.com forward slash Hugh to waive your activation fee. We will not be silent. Join me and thousands of Americans. Switch to Patriot Mobile today and let freedom ring. AM 1280,
4: The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651 289 4488. If you have questions or comments for Dan McGrath, Eric Cardall, the Minnesota Voters Alliance. You can also join us on Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. Operators are standing by. We'll be going to the phones shortly here, so if you're on the line, stick around. Don't go anywhere. Turn your radios down. Take care of your other business. Celia, it. Pour a sniff for brandy. No, don't do that. Stay sharp because you're going to have to be sharp with this audience here. 6512894488. Uh let's talk briefly about um first of all uh the your opponent in this case, Secretary of State Simon, uh right now, who is uh, again the second secretary of state who's defended against uh who defended against this case. How is he responding to this the the continued uh losses in court? Uh, I mean, he, 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 you were talking earlier off the air about about the campaign that he seems to be waging, apparently not to find a, a plausible, non-Balderdash legal theory, but to, well, to to, to undercut the authority and, and, and credibility of the Voters Alliance. What's, uh, what's, what's the Secretary of State's line so far?
5: Well, as the Court of Appeals has characterized the Secretary's arguments as nonsensical, yeah. a word that they actually used in their uh, decision. <laughs> That's pretty strong language. Yes. Uh, the secretary is characterizing his actions as being in defense of voter privacy. He's right. acting like he's some champion of the voters, which you know, we would uh, <laughs> pretend to be. Um, maybe I will let Eric. Yeah, that's well, like, that's... I mean, it's good to know. I mean, just before we do it, because I, I do want to you know,
4: circle back with you, Eric Cardall. But I, I know it is good to know that the Secretary of State is out there standing guard over the absolute inviolability of the private information, the phone numbers, the addresses, the, the, uh, the other personal information that goes along with voters' records, and, and, and the fact that he will not let them uh, escape the clutches of the Secretary of State's office for any reason whatsoever. He stands uh, a, 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 <laughs> on the ramparts of information security, keeping that information away from...
5: Unless you have $46. Wait, what? <laughs> Go to the Secretary of State's website, and all of this information that pertains to any voter's privacy, so-called, is available to purchase for $46. So the Secretary of State is selling your name, your address, your voting history, whether you voted in any given election over the past 10 years or more. Oh, my. Uh, name, address, year of birth, huh? Uh, telephone number. That's shut, all available to buy. Shut my the mouth. The only piece of information that the Secretary of State is hanging on to with an iron fist is whether or not your eligibility to vote has been challenged. Sure. <laughs> That's it. Eric <Right. laughs> right. Cardall right. uh, about Steve Simon. Yeah,
6: I think um, the progressives are 100% political. That's what we are trying to get in the earlier point about the Secretary of State you know, exercising civil disobedience. That's what a progressive would do. Mm-hmm. But remember that the cat's out of the bag. The uh, we've, we've litigated with them for years. We've won at least five cases I think have off the top of my head, including the recent U.S. Supreme Court win in 2018. But the key thing is that they believe that if you stop ineligible people from voting, you're actually stopping eligible people from voting. Uh-huh. And so they've, they've they've told us that. So this is going to be a continuous battle. Even when we find the scope of the – and prove the scope of the ineligible voting problem, they'll say, well, if we stop the ineligible people from voting, then we'll be stopping eligible people from voting. And that's nonsensical, but that's their stated policy in the Ramsey County District Court that we say there are two goals of the system, maximize eligible people voting, stop ineligibles. They say there's one system, maximize eligibles, and you have to let ineligibles vote – to get the eligibles to vote. Drive them all into the polls and let God sort them out, basically. That's essentially it. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and so it, it, it's really uh, outrageous. Again, this is not, I think, a native Minnesotan idea. Right. It's come from somewhere else. It's, it's really a bad thing. So, again, I don't care Yeah, if, if there are a bunch of recalcitrant, recent immigrants or felons who are, who are going to violate the law and vote. I mean, it's going to happen. But the Secretary of State not caring that can happen. If you're
4: going to bring Chicago politics to Minnesota, at least bring Wrigley Field with it. I mean, <laughs> give us right. one or the other. That's right. uh, by the way, you pointed out that the Secretary of State has uh, a record almost like that of the 2016 Chicago Bears in defending
6: against these sorts of cases. That's right. In the cases I've been involved in, it lost on the constitutional uh, ballot questions, the constitutional battle t- t- titles, online voter registration, lost on the poll, uh, polling place apparel case in the US Supreme Court last year. Oh, yeah. Now this one. So that's five that come to mind. And so you have a serial violator of the law. Now, normally you won't want to expect the public officials that are enforcing the law to follow the law. But now in Minnesota, all over the place, because of uh, uh, Simon's example, it's OK for public officials to violate the law. They were in uncharted territories, but it's, the reason is progressivism. The yeah. progress, the ends justify the means, they'll violate the law if it helps them.
5: And yeah. I find it, it's, it's, it's abhorrent to me that we have to do these things, that we have to initiate all of these lawsuits to make our elected officials follow the law. It's disgusting. It shouldn't be this
4: way. It is, as you said earlier, and and we have checks and balances and things that that keep us from that sense. But it is the behavior of the banana Republican uh, in office that that is so galling about this whole thing. I want to come back to to where we go from here on this case. Uh, But we have a phone call on the line from St. Louis Park. Mark, uh, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. You're on the air with Dan McGrath and Eric Cardall.
10: Thanks for taking my call, Mitch. Uh, It's an honor to speak to you, gentlemen. And uh, for anyone who doubts the veracity, of the David versus Goliath story just has to follow Minnesota Voter Alliance. Um, uh, 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 Steve Simon, the Secretary of State, he calls transparency voter suppression. He tells the Star Tribune he's protecting private data, but under penalty of perjury in a court, he says he's withholding public data. But I had a question on a much bigger issue. About a month ago, there was a uh, a small American who was caught voting in two precincts. They inspected the county, inspected it. County inspectors inspected it. They found that the election official in Minneapolis there was the person had no proof of residency. Election officials basically said no big deal. The Saint Louis Park voting official, uh, the, the person uh, was vouched for in Saint Louis Park, and lied lied about it, and. That wasn't caught until it was inspected. I don't know how, how was the person caught, how prevalent, how pervasive is this, and what's, what are you doing to hopefully stop this? I don't think you can do anything, but uh, just thought I'll hang up and listen.
4: Thanks for your call, Mark. And that, that touches on a couple of things. First of all, anecdotal evidence from the last elections that, uh, that, that fraudulent voting was widespread in uh, Hennepin and Ramsey County. Second of all, this is something I believe you taught me, Dan McGrath, years ago when this uh, suit was earlier on in its process. Under Minnesota election law, un- unless you are, have a piece of paperwork that says you acknowledge the fact that you're a paroled felon, you don't have right to vote. In-, in-, in any other case, saying I didn't know that was a valid defense to, to many of these election right. fraud Right. Well, laws.
5: That, that is a key component of Minnesota's election law. Right. In order to be convicted of an election crime, it has to be proven or you have to admit that you knew it was illegal to do what you did. So, I mean, it's like if, if you kill someone right. <laughs> and you say, well, I didn't know I couldn't do that, you're going to jail anyway. Right. But with election laws, they have to prove intent, and that's very difficult to do
6: because there's this very specific response to the question, and that is uh, there are a, a couple – there's only one person who knows, and that's the Secretary of State. And when the Office of the Legislative Auditor did their report in March of 2010, uh, the, the auditor wasn't given that information, but the auditor said it's the problem statewide. We don't know the depth of it. But the Secretary of State should use the reports that he already has yeah. to to determine the scope of the problem. So he won't do it. And this, So the point is, that's why we're not getting the documents, because it'll be very easy for us to know how many ill and eligible people voted in the 2018 election, 2016 election, 2014, all the way to, back to 2008, uh, if they haven't. Uh, destroyed the data you know they, they, right. they bleached the bleached the, the, the computer bleached hard, drive. The hard drive <laughs> and, and, I, and I
4: want to get back to that in a moment by the way let's talk briefly uh by the way can we keep you guys for another segment here absolutely I, we, we should, yeah because I, I could probably fill two hours with this subject and perhaps we should have uh, in retrospect here uh so so let's talk uh about uh, the legislative auditor report. I mean, when we, we talk about government officials who act as if they are presiding over Banana Republic, uh, Jim Nobles in the legislative auditor's uh, office is not one of them. Uh, he may be one of the great bastions of integrity. He's got his work cut off for him. He does. He, he's
6: a bastion of integrity, and he's uh, very overworked these days. Right, but he's, he's older, and yes. he's part of this older tradition I'm talking about. Right, And so really, um, the Democratic Party has abandoned that older tradition of Minnesotans having an honest and uh, transparent government Yes, and these new officials, I mean, they're just like I said, they're foreign they're they're just so strange. I grew up here. I know what Minnesota government's like. Uh-huh. And Sir Simon is rejecting all of that and setting an example for all of these progressive officials at the local government level to violate, don't give them the documents, because if they know the documents, if they have the documents, well, they might hang us. You know, so the people don't get the documents because the government, the political officials are concerned that we're going to hang them. Now, we might. Yeah. But the point is, we are entitled to the documents. Yeah. But on the other hand, and, and they cover it, by the way, with the most galling, most
4: Orwellian smokescreen I've heard. In in all my years of following Minnesota politics, and that is voter integrity equals voter suppression, which the opposite is the case. But what they have done is log rolled an entire generation of, of progressive voters into thinking that this chanting point uh, voter voter election integrity is just voter uh, voter vote suppression, ergo racism, and they buy it. And that,
5: that's that's the right. that's a right. streamer rep- always <laughs> racism. The that they, they don't pro- like the real it's problem.
6: The real problem. You know, this is a good rock shot test. Are you a conservative? Are you a populist? Yes. So a conservative says, well, that's not good government. You're violating the law. Uh-huh. A populist, like the Minnesota voter line, says, there's a lot going on here. These progressives <laughs> are really ripping us off. Yes. I mean, the, 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 that's a huge difference. Absolutely. We're talking with Eric Cardall,
4: attorney, and uh, Victor in, in a number of cork. You've got to be racking. If you were a fighter pilot, you'd be racking up
6: the swastikas by the cockpit
4: here. We
5: keep sending Eric out there, and he keeps bringing us back victories. That's so, right. You know, we're winning so
6: much, we got to make sure not to get sick of winning. That's <laughs> right. That's
4: right. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge, huge. And Dan McGrath, Communications Director for the Minnesota Voters Alliance. Uh, real briefly, because we're going to keep you for another segment at least here, uh, how can people find out more uh, about your case, uh, about your the Voters Alliance, and how they can help out potentially?
5: Best source for both is right to the source. It's mnvoters.org is our website. We also have a Facebook page. Uh, right now we're attempting our first facebook live stream if anybody wants to actually take a look at what we're doing go to the facebook page and you can see all of our pretty mugs um i'll post a link to that it's subscribe in the Dark info. to yep. our action alerts it's very important to keep informed directly from the source and donate at mnvoters.org and these sorts of things eat money so by, no by all
4: by all means uh, get involved with that so northern alliance radio network am 1280 the patriot gun nowhere we'll be right back
6: Hi, this is Terry Sandvold, CEO of Sandvold Financial Group and host of Money Talks. Sandvold Financial Group would like to help provide the sturdy foundation for your financial future. We want you to plan for tomorrow today. Give us a call to attend an upcoming seminar at 952-544-2837. That's 952-544-2837 or go to helpmeterry.com to set up a no-cost financial review today.
3: Registered representative of and independent of Questar Capital Corporation, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Questar Asset Management. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here for the Minnesota Horse and Hunt Club in Prior Lake. The Horse and Hunt Club is one of the premier sporting facilities in the world, and it's open to the public. This place is simply awesome. There are five different sporting clay courses that provide 30 different shooting scenarios. Memberships are available as well. You can hunt pheasants, turkey, partridge, ducks, and more. And don't forget to stop by Triggers for lunch or dinner. Maybe try some of their delicious bacon-wrapped pheasant bites. For pricing and details, visit horseandhunt.com. Hi, this is Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot. And I'd like to remind you to spend your money wisely and use our loyal marketing partners here at this great station. Many of our clients are local businesses who live, work, and play right here in the Twin Cities, and their success in business is our success. For a list of our loyal marketing partners, go to am1280thepatriot.com or call us at 651-405-8800. We thank you for listening and supporting our partners.
11: You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-930-2646. 1-800-930-2646.
1: This is what matters. This is beyond X's and O's. This is the difference mutual respect makes. This is what character looks like. This is what defines us in Minnesota. This is sportsmanship. School sports. It's not the outcome that matters most, but the way the games are played. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. AM
4: 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488. Number to call, uh, should you care to join us. And I hope you do, because that's the fun part. Lines are open. People are standing by right now. You can also join us on Twitter at hashtag Narn Show, N-A-R-N Show. By the way, if you're uh, so inclined, join my band tonight out in Stillwater at the Stillwater Lanes. Yes, my band is playing a bowling alley. I, I, it'll be interesting. should be fun. Uh, my band Elephant. are featuring, by the way, former Narn producer Tommy the H-Bomb Win as the lead singer most of the time. Uh, Out at the Stillwater Lanes tonight, so you can. Well, no, don't do that. Just, Just come on out to Stillwater. Check us out tonight, 8 to midnight at the Stillwater Lanes. And we don't play this song. Wish I did. 651-289-4488. By the way, don't forget, uh, Stand With Israel tour coming up December 2nd through the 11th. Go to AM12AThePatriot.com to check out the Holy Land with Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher and a, a boat full of your boat, a couple buses full of your favorite, uh, friends from uh, among the listener community. 651-289-4488. We're talking with Eric Cardall, attorney for the, uh, Minnesota Voters Alliance and Dan McGrath, communications director, talking about, uh, the, the, the repeated wins against Secretary of State Simon and his continued refusal to Offer up the information that he has been—is uh, it fair to say he has been ordered to divulge yet, or is it uh, what, what have been the nature well, well, of these judgments?
6: We're, we're in that process. You know, you, that yeah. uh, little song you had remind me of Thomas Moore's quote. When faced with the choice of getting rid of the devil or getting rid of the rule of law, he yes. said, "Well, we know how to deal with the devil; but we don't that's know right. how to deal with without the rule of law." <laughs> well, that's so—that's uh, why we played it. That, so that's why we're here. You know, it's, I it, love it, the bumper wh- wh- music. On so so show, we have right? Democrats electing public officials who don't give a damn about following the law. Right. And so, I mean, what what do you do? I mean, as you organize like groups like Minnesota Voters Alliance. You organize in subject areas because that's how they're violating it. You challenge the bureaucrats. And this is an outstanding organization setting an example for other organizations to work in other areas. So let's back up just a second to the what do you do part. Okay, so the Secretary of State has defied
4: the courts. He's exercised civil disobedience. I'm making scare quotes in the air because, of course, government officials are the power. You don't get to disobey the power that you were uh, impaneled
6: and sworn to, to uphold. Well,
5: they're disobeying
6: the people. They're just exactly.
4: It's simply authority. but it's a
6: multiple round game. You see the, the yeah. progressives say we, we we know we're going to lie and cheat. Yeah. So we got We got to get out in front of the messaging. Right. And so conservatives are always getting fooled on this. Oh, they, they'll they'll start following the law when there are injunctions and their uh, writs issued and so forth. But no, they they don't. And, and so the point is, they've always fooled conservatives. That's why we have to be populist. We have to be. Fully engaged with the progressives on everything they say, everything they do, and we got to take that office on to, to expose them. For the serial violators of law, they are.
4: So, how does this end? I mean, Steve Simon has made it fairly clear that uh, he, he anything short of of tanks swarming into the Secretary of State's office, he's not going to give it up. How do we actually get this information, and how do we ensure that he doesn't civilly dis- disobey and torch it all up
6: uh, out in the backyard of the Secretary of State's uh, uh, office? Right now, they're in the, they're in the attitude that they want to prolong the publication of the data, every day they save, every week they save, they avoid political disaster. And so th- this is the strategy the Secretary Simon is to go out and say, you know, privacy, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I'm not uh, violating the law, even though he knows he is. And so then the point is that he wants to delay, 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 they don't really have an end game. Once the information comes out, I mean, they can't even imagine what it means for us to know that all these close elections in Minnesota have been determined by ineligible voters. Uh, Dan McGrath, anything to
5: add to that? Um, well, ultimately, the, the, the Minnesota Supreme Court is going to decide this case. Right. And if the Secretary of State defies the Minnesota Supreme Court, I mean, it starts to get pretty extreme at that point where we have to be looking at removal from office. Right. But the, de- the defying will come and we won't get all the documents you see. Right.
6: It'll be all clouded in another round of litigation. And it's all about the 2020 election. Right. I mean, they don't want Trump to win. Right. Want Tito Smith to lose? Right. They don't want. They, they can't afford to uh, lose the legislature. You know, and so so the point is that we're uh, on top of an issue that's huge in, in Minnesota voters' alliance history. Nothing's been bigger than this case, right? Because of the potential implications. 289-4488 uh, The number to call. Let's go
4: to Rochester, Mike. You're on with Eric Cardall and Dan McGrath. Go right ahead.
9: Hey, thank you very much for having this tremendous show today, and I. I think if you were to extend it for an extra hour you would find a lot of minnesotans willing to engage in this kind of civic discourse which is really about bringing responsibility to our government it's the kind of openness that we're used to having in minnesota that we've had as a tradition in minnesota and to think that scott simon refuses to release data that he's been ordered to release it's really sort of strange i hope he takes it all the way to the supreme court because we're really looking at having possibly Scott Simon step out of office. And I'm wondering what you guys think about, I mean, I re- I read your tremendous article in the St. Paul pioneer press, uh, kudos to you guys. Very well-written article. It, it, punched through the legacy media what do you guys think about house file 1500 i mean not to shift gears here if you want to talk about house file 1500 do so if you want to leave it alone it's all good but uh that's a really assertion of our elections in minnesota it's the first step toward making minnesota a sanctuary state and this is the kind of conversation we need to be having right now instead of watching the minnesota twins and, and you're talking down, about driver's licenses uh,
5: free legals.
9: Uh, yeah, particularly that, but also the way it calls for Minnesotan citizens not to cooperate with law enforcement officials. It's astonishing to think that you would receive a penalty for cooperating with, you know, ICE or uh,
4: that's worth an entire, Security
9: or the state troops.
4: That's worth an entire conversation on it. So, by the way, thank you uh, from uh, Mike in Rochester for calling from all the way out there. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, Eric Cardall. Should sure. I, I mean,
6: to? the progressives are so clever. They, can, uh, they mentioned conservatives get fooled all the time. A populist understands just how clever they are. The sanctuary city thing, letting ineligible votes, that's I mean, how about winning the next election. I mean, you get the illegal immigrants in, you allow ineligibles to vote, right. and that's how you win. I mean, it's, it's just – Two plus two plus four equals four. No, no one's honest uh, about the programs. You look at Solinsky's rules for radicals. Yeah. they were never claiming to be honest. No, they're trying to fool us. They're trying <laughs> to
4: get things. This is Chicago elections one one. By the way, I mean every every Minnesotan who's who's ever said, ah, we have a we have a system that has integrity in the way Chicago does not. Well, that's all in the balance right now, isn't it? I mean, Demograph. I mean, that's that's one of the things that truly is in the balance here. Is is do we really have uh, more than lip service when it comes to the integrity of our electoral
5: process? I think it depends on what segment of the government you're looking at. Right. Um, but right now, at our highest levels, no.
6: Come on, this is this is ridiculous. And the progressives ran Hennepin County, Ramsey County election managers. They they put out a literature or and put out literature and, and meetings saying. You can't vote if you wear a conservative T-shirt. Right. I mean, is it going to get any worse? Yeah. I mean, you it, know, it, it, it's as bad as it's going to get, and and they're going to just keep going and going as long as we stop winning. But what if we start winning, as we're starting to win now, then we can stop this.
4: Now, one of the stories, that, by speaking of the of the T-shirt case, Andy Selick, of course, who who's got his Supreme Court uh, trophy on his uh, on on his mantle at home, uh, he said basically at one point, maybe it was you, ran down the list of different T-shirts. And essentially, it turned out that, that 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 progressive slogans on T-shirts weren't political, weren't electioneering, whatever they were. Conservative slogans on T-shirts invariably were basically just po- politicized and impermissible, uh, and and and
6: conservative were one hundred percent linked. Right, the assistant. Hennepin County Attorney. That's the one. And the U.S. Supreme Court was asked the question: it, Would it be political for a person to vote with the First Amendment put on the t-shirt? And the attorney said, No, that wouldn't be political. Then right. the next question was: Is it political to have someone vote with the Second Amendment on t-shirt? Yes, that'd be a political, <laughs> they can't vote. And the transcript said, Bracket. Laughter bracket because the courtroom <laughs> erupted. And this is a very somber place, and this Court is the Minnesota Voters' Alliance achieving, uh, you know, in the U.S. Supreme Court a complete mockery of the government and its absurdities. And this is progressive absurdities, <laughs> right? Uh,
1: Absolutely. It was.
5: I was awestruck to be in the chambers of the Supreme Court while it was in action hearing our case. But yeah, that moment. Hearing laughter in the Supreme Court was it was surreal <laughs> that's not something I would ever thought I would hear about. So so congratulations, <laughs>
4: gentlemen let 's go to Egan. Mike. you are on the northern Alliance radio network network with Dan McGrath and uh, Eric Cardall.
7: Thank you for taking my call, gentlemen. Uh, can you hear me all
4: right? You are loud and clear. Go right ahead.
7: All right. So I would think at the very least our elections and our voting process should at least have integrity. What I'm curious about is if I want to drive a motor vehicle in the state of Minnesota, I have to come forward, file out an application, present myself to the state. I'm documented. I can either have a license and be legal to drive or not. I bet it's very easy to find me in a database with the state of Minnesota if I do have standing and I can drive a motor vehicle. I am very curious why we cannot have a similar system for people who want to vote, you either have standing and you're eligible to vote, or you don't. Or do we just go to a Butch Cassidy and a knife fight scenario? <laughs> because, because
6: what you've said is polarize the environment. The progressives don't want what you want, and they're willing to do whatever they can to get ineligibles to vote, and they're winning. Absolutely. But we do
5: have that system. It's the statewide voter registration system, and it's supposed to vet people for eligibility to vote but the system's broken. Because
6: How- because of the progressives. This isn't an accident. This is intentional. Soros money backed Richie. Uh, Simon Succeeds Richie. It's all the same plan. They want to bring all these uh, uh, non-citizens in so they, they, they can vote as ineligibles. It's all, it all makes sense. Two plus two equals four.
4: the number to call. Can we keep you guys for one more segment here? Because I do have one more round of question. I think we need to get to. Plus, we need to definitely get around to plugging the allowance one, Alliance one more time here. So, Good to go. Absolutely. Uh, Dan McGrath, Communications Director. Eric Cardell, Attorney for the Minnesota Voters Alliance. And we still may have time for another phone call if you're so inclined. At 651. 289 4488. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. One more segment to go. Ergo, the fun is just beginning. AM
1: 1280, The Patriot.
8: Does your family believe in the power of a private school education? Are you looking into sending your child to a private school next year? Hi, I'm Alyssa with The Patriot, and we want to help your family by covering half of your child's first year of private school. This is a program we have had for over eight years now, helping many families get into the school of their dreams. We are in the thick of open house season right now, so the timing couldn't be better. If you find a school you would like your child to attend, Call me at 651-289-4406 to see if that school is one of our partner schools. It's that simple. This isn't financial aid. This is for everyone. Don't pay more than you need to for your child's first year of private school. Call me at 651-289-4406. That's 651-289-4406. Or visit our website at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com
2: You give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing.
11: Call for your free information kit, 800-290-7100. That's 800-290-7100. 800-290-7100.
12: I'm Jan Hill, helping you understand the times.
11: I knew I was going
1: to see a fully formed baby, but seeing this child flailing his arms and legs and what looked like an attempt to move away, to find a safe place...
12: Who would have imagined that minds and hearts would be permanently changed thanks to the pro-life movie, Unplanned. Based on the life of Abby Johnson, a former Planned Parenthood clinic worker turned anti-abortion activist, the movie raked in millions of dollars and encouraged those who have been in the pro-life movement for years and decades. The film revealed the true nature of the abortion industry. God values life and knew us before we were born, yet the abortion industry is committed to wiping out innocent lives. Thanks to this film, millions of people now have a different perspective. For more information, listen to our weekend program on this station or anytime at olivetreeviews.org. AM
4: 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. The number to call... Don't forget, the podcast comes up right after the show's off the air, about 3.05-ish or so. Go to am1280thepatriot.com slash podcasts. You can uh, check out all your favorite uh, AM1280 The Patriot shows, personalities, all the local ones anyway. That's what we're here for. So, uh, you know, if you can't catch us before 3 o'clock, you can still get there. But you can ask and get a reply from me. That's what we're here for. 651 651- Two eight nine four four eight eight. If you have a question or comment for Eric Cardall or uh, Dan McGrath of the Minnesota Voters Alliance, uh, the phones are off the hook today, which normally is not a huge surprise. Except it's the first gorgeous day of the year out there, so frankly, I'm a, I'm a little shocked. Let's uh, let's get a quick uh, call in from Golden Valley, John. You're on the air. Make it quick. Hey guys, uh, thanks. Um, quick question.
9: I, I, I'm interested in the future, but right now, I want to know what happened in the 2012 election. With the gay marriage, how do we get like ninety nine over ninety nine percent voter turnout in
4: minneapolis? Good question Eric Cardall Dan McGrath
5: uh, well, in some precincts, we found over one hundred percent voter for, for voter turnout, which with election day registration, it is mathematically possible right. to have over one hundred percent voter turnout in a precinct if we 've got a bunch of new people moving in and registering that day, and everybody that lived in the precinct and voted before also showed up to vote now the likelihood of this <laughs> Is pretty slim. Get out to Canterbury but Downs. It's possible. Now, I will say the opposition on those two constitutional amendment questions was extraordinarily well organized, right. extraordinarily well funded. I think the marriage amendment was probably outspent like 10 to 1 by the opposition, and the voter ID amendment was outspent, outspent about 4 to 1. And right. most of that money was coming from out-of-state interests.
6: And there was the great betrayal of Governor Ernie Carlson on the voter ID, if you recall. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. so, I, here you have a, 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 a person abandoning you know, his party any sentiments towards good government on the eve of the vote. It really hurt us.
5: So I, in any given election, there's no question that some voter fraud occurs. Yeah. And voter fraud certainly played a role in 2012 elections, like it did in the 2008 election and in the 2016 election, um, but it, there really was uh, a funds disparity in that election, and uh, the opposition out-messaged uh, our cause. Yeah, it,
4: it was uh, it was it was kind of like uh, being on the being on the wrong end of uh, of, of an NFL football team uh, when you're when you're still in high school. I remember that election. So Eric Cardall, uh, let's just say that we score the wins here uh, in in at the, at the Minnesota Supreme Court. Uh, what happens? There? What what what? What are the results we're looking for out of these lines of litigation and the political activity needs to follow well, it. Well,
6: well, si- Simon's goal will be to delay us getting the documents or as long as they can to save the twenty twenty election, right? And so we'll have to push uh, to get the documents. Remember, it's the election. What's a uh, Eighteen months away, nineteen months away, whatever it is, and and so you know, the Supreme Court process will take eight or nine months, and then you all of a sudden be in the next year, and we'll be in a rush to get it and, and to make it relevant to the twenty twenty election. But he, he, that's his reward. His reward is to sit to uh, keep the cheating going one more election, right? And, and then and then he'll get rewarded for that. Right. What we want to do is take that away and bring the Democrats down. Now,
4: Dan McGrath, do you think that this uh, should should the records come out? Should the story in its full import actually turn out to be what most of us think it is, evidence of widespread systematic corruption in our election system, do you think, given the media that we have in the Twin Cities, uh, especially in the metro area, do you think that this story has the legs to really take down the DFL in 2020?
5: Well, honestly, our Twin Cities media has been very reluctant to cover this subject. Yeah. Yeah. uh, it would have to be this way. It was it was critical in the 2008 situation where we were demonstrating evidence of fraudulent votes by felons. Right. Um. We had to get convictions. Right. We had to get people locked up in jail to prove our point, so the press would actually pay attention. It had to go that far before anyone took notice. And of course, it didn't hurt that uh, former Governor Tim Plenty went on national news talking about the case I, at, at the same right. time. But I think it's I think not that, easy to right. get it out into the media. I just right? wanted
6: to say that. I, th- I think you misunderstood. We're going to win because right. the elections are fair, right? It's, it's not because we win a lawsuit; it's because right. the election integrity is going to be accomplished before the election, right? And in a fair election, you know, we'll win, right? No, i and, and I understand
4: that, and that's that's victory for all Minnesotans. I mean, a, a, a electoral system that actually lives up to its press. But on the other hand, there is I mean, it's not going to be just a matter of winning court cases, as you say, politically speaking, the people of Minnesota have to to realize that the, if this thing turns out the way I think we all assume it will uh, when the records do come out and, and systematic corruption is shown, what sort of follow up do 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 people need to 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 do to actually to to actually solve the problem? It's not just a matter of, of showing the records. Uh, heads have to roll. Uh, political careers have to end. People have to be frogged walked out of government buildings. I mean, where do we go from here?
5: Well, that is true. I mean, the people that are responsible for these travesties of justice should be unelected. But um, if 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 it's demonstrated that they are in violation of the law, as Eric would say, serially, right. Uh, There are mechanisms in Minnesota's Constitution to remove elected officials from office besides just an election, but it it requires malfeasance at a pretty high level. The bar is high, right? not to say that it can't be overcome, but it's not an easy task. Right, right.
6: but the point is that uh, the the Democratic Party, the liberals, the progressives, they're complicit in the violations of election integrity, letting ineligible people vote. And what does that say about them? And the people should say, we don't want them in office because they cheat to win elections. Yeah. 651-289-4488.
4: Four, four, eight, eight. Let's uh, talk about money. Uh, this, you, you were talking about how much, uh, how much money that we burn through, that, that, that the Minnesota Voters Alliance burns through litigating these cases. Getting all the way to the Supreme Court uh, is a road paved with $20 bills. Uh, Dan McGrath, what kind of money are we talking about having to continue this t- decade of litigation?
5: You know, I don't think I could even put a final price tag on it for all the years that we've spent working on these cases, but we must be in excess of a million dollars. And um, the the Secretary of State is in excess of that many fold yeah. with, with the, the money that he's spending to try to drain us of resources. He has nearly limitless resources in the form of taxpayer dollars compared to what we have, and he's spending those to try to slow us down and drag drain our resources down to a point that he hopes we won't be able to continue the fight. So we, we still need financial support. We need donors to, to kick in and, and help defend the integrity of our election process, the entire corner, cornerstone of our republic.
4: Uh, Eric Cardall and Damagrath, how else can people help out? I mean, is, is this a matter of, of uh, is this entirely uh, something where the lawyers are on point for this, or is there some public pressure that can be brought
6: to, to bring this situation to a just conclusion? Well, I think a, a support Minnesota Voters Alliance, but also you can become an election judge. Uh, so if you become a Minnesota Voters Alliance member and election judge, it's really extraordinarily helpful because you're then you're an election official and then you agree with us. And we already got the Office of the Legislative order on our side. We took a poll of election judges. We have several hundred supporting us already. And we just keep wow. adding to the Army. And then
5: eventually, well, if the government agrees with us, then – then we should get election integrity. Well, the, the price of liberty is eternal vigilance, and it really requires the people to stand up and defend their rights and defend integrity in the system. We, the people, have to do it. We can't count on the people that we send to office to always do their job. We have to hold them accountable. We have to be involved.
4: Which is the hard part of living in a free society. It, it comes mm-hmm. with responsibilities as well as freedoms. Uh, I'm afraid we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, yeah, the caller was right. We could have caught another hour on this easily here, so we'll do this again sometime soon. By the way, have your people call my people next time. And, we want to, uh, and Andy is your people, I guess. He will He will call. We know this. Thanks a lot, Mitch. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Dan much. McGrath, uh, Communications Director, Eric Cardall, Attorney for the Minnesota Voters Alliance. One more time, where's the website where people can find more?
5: mnvoters.org.
4: mnvoters.org. We'll have to leave it there. We'll do this again soon. Thank you both for coming out here. Thank you all for tuning in out in the audience uh, right now. Have you all have a happy and blessed Easter, the most blessed holiday of the Christian calendar. Thank you all for tuning in. God bless you all. God bless America. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
11: 1-800-930-2646. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-930-2646. 1-800-930-2646. Hi, my name's Ken, and I own Good Start Packaging in Bedford, New Hampshire. With my Spark
3: Cash Card from Capital One, I earn unlimited 2% cash back on all my business purchases. And last year, that added up to $36,000 in cash back. That's right, $36,000. Thanks to that, I was able to offer healthcare to my employees. The Spark Cash Card did a lot for my business. Imagine what it could do for yours. What's in your wallet? Real Capital One customers paid for real stories. Credit approval required. Want to know the secret that all those flipping houses gurus won't tell you? Flipping multi-unit properties is easier and more profitable than flipping single-family homes. With over 17 years of experience, we here at RE Mentor will show you the art of buying and selling multi-unit properties. Come spend the afternoon or evening with our team of experts, and we'll show you how you could put ten dollars to $30,000 in your pocket over the next 90 days. This two-hour class will teach you the art of the multi-unit flip. You'll learn how to buy, hold, and sell multi-unit properties with no money down, no credit, and no risk. You risk nothing but have everything to gain. This intensive two-hour real estate class is coming to the Minneapolis area soon. Call 800-491-1654 to secure your seat. This seminar is free to the first 30 people that call. Change your life now and learn the art of the multi-unit flip or long-term hold. Call 800-491-1654. That's 800-491-1654.
2: Step into Chet's Shoes this season for a variety of men's and women's work and recreational footwear.
0: Our store features safety toes and regular toes, as well as keen hiking boots and New Balance walking and running shoes.
2: Think steel toe boots are too heavy?
0: Check out our lightweight safety toe footwear.
2: Don't let spring showers get in the way of work or play this season.
0: Make sure your feet are protected with durable waterproof boots.
2: Stop in to see us in Columbia Heights and shop Chetshoes.com.
0: If the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's.